They've got players who looked lazy last night, didn't look interested. You know, there's lots of blokes getting lots of money there and uh, not much output. You want to challenge Richmond? Good luck. Bring your best game or you just get rolled over like everyone else does. Paul Kelly's with a Brownlow medal. Do you have it on display or is it tucked away somewhere safe? No, it is on display. Sid Jackson, welcome aboard. Thank you. So you put alongside some other great players. It's a great honour. Jim's given us a call from Warnable. I want to speak to Sellers about St Kilda. I'm here, Jim. Marilyn's given us a call from Shepparton. I want to speak to Mark and ask him if he remembered leaving a big photo of himself in white bathers in a house in Mornington when he was in his <laughs> 20s. A very show-off one, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I hope maybe, Matt, you can adjudicate because I think that okay. um, Mark's not going to like That's what okay. i got to say. I like it, Ian. You bounced out of the corner. Righto, Sellers, over to you. Stay there, Ian. Stay there, Ian. Hang in there. <laughs> now here's Matt Clinch and Mark McClure on ABC Radio and ABC Sport Digital with no excuses. A historic day at the MCG. 35 years ago was the last time we had a double header at the home of footy. Today, Melbourne looked to hold on to top spot on the AFL ladder against the GWS side fighting to try and squeeze inside the top eight. While Fremantle proved too strong for Collingwood at Docklands last week, can they make it two on the trot? They take on the Blues tonight here at the MCG. It was the old guard last night, Tom Hawkins and Paddy Dangerfield, who led the Geelong response as boom recruit Jeremy Cameron suffered another soft tissue injury despite the Cats overrunning Essendon by 41 points. While back on Thursday night, one of the upsets of the season as the Gold Coast Suns defeated Richmond by 10 points, striking the, striking the question, is the dynasty over? And one of the champions of the game, Sean Burgoyne, joins the club. The fifth player in VFL-AFL history to reach 400 games this weekend and the first Aboriginal player in VFL-AFL history to reach the milestone win. Hawthorne takes on Port Adelaide, his former side on ABC Sport tonight. Hello, welcome to No Excuses. I'm Matt Clinch from the MCG. Mark McClure, welcome. Hello, Clinchy. How are you? Oh, Looks gorgeous. Well. How are you? Um, I'm not bad. Not Anytime bad. I get to spend a couple of trips to the footy with you in a weekend, is a joy. We were together on Thursday night to see <laughs> the Gold Coast Suns prevail over Richmond and yeah. it posed the question at the very start of the weekend, can anyone capitalise on Richmond's demise? We see the Giants take on Melbourne this afternoon. If they defeat Melbourne, they're inside the top eight. Freo take on Carlton tonight. Freo win, they're in the eight. Essendon no good last night against Geelong, so they're still outside. And for as bad as St Kilda have been, if they beat Collingwood on Sunday, they could be just a game outside. So it does lead for an exciting end of the season if anyone can make up ground on the Tigers. Uh, it's a pretty even competition when you think about it. You've got to be up your best most days and, uh, and stand up and, and be counted all the time. Uh, to me, last night was an interesting game. I mean, they got out to a nice start, Essendon, but they showed that they're not quite ready to, to be, be playing with the big boys at the moment because uh, Geelong just cruised past them from quarter two right to the end. I thought, thought that uh, they just weren't tough enough, they weren't strong enough. They Look, they can find the ball, they can do all those things, but they just don't have enough targets up forward. Uh, you know, and once you cut off their, their small forwards who are the, and, and, and also... Um, oh, Jake, what's his name? Take out their big yeah. forwards, yeah, Tom Lynch, it, Tommy Lynch. No, the other one. No, I'm Jack talking about Rebel. the Essendon. The Essendon. Oh, the... Yeah, that's... Uh, Kyle Hooker? Yeah. Hooker, Hooker's, if he doesn't mark it, he's got no hope at all. And, you know, he's, he's, it actually, really, it, it, it amazes me. And then you've got um, Stringer, the other one. I think mean, he goes to the centre and comes to the forward line. I mean, that works with, with Dusty. That works with a few others. But, you know, Stringer needs to be in the forward line. They just don't have enough goal scorers when you think about what they do. They kicked eight goals against 15, and, and, and they're not quite good enough to play in the finals, and, and that's about it. But Geelong are now set. Nine uh, players over 30, uh, they've set themselves to win a premiership. 
Okay, they load up with old blokes. So I tell you what, it's not a bad idea sometimes because they've got a bit of experience. They know what to do and know how to handle themselves quite comfortably in a in a situation. So for mine, I think the Cats have uh, strengthened their their, their 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 sort of chance to win one. Uh, and the Bombers are not disgraced. They've been terrific, been fantastic, and they'll they'll come another day. But it's not. This is not their year. They had uh, 17 more inside 50s, but. Their inability to find a target inside hit. 50 with yeah. um, Pedal Wright. Harry Jones didn't take a mark inside 50. Uh, so their best work was when their, their forward line, their small forwards are Jake Stringer and Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody. But it was similar to the week before against Melbourne where had a lot of entries in the final term but could only manage a couple of goals. So mm. uh, that's probably a bit where the Bombers are at. They're, they're emerging, they're exciting in patches, but they're probably not consistent across four quarters. Their, their first quarter certainly set a scare amongst Geelong, but... The difference in the senior experienced players of the Cats being able to adapt and, and change the landscape of the game. And they showed their powerful best as well. Eight goals in the second quarter and yeah, yeah. in the last quarter, they were able to run away from the Bombers. Well, they were. They, they kicked four in the first and they kicked one and then they kicked two and they kicked one. I mean, that's not enough to win a final. That's not enough to get into the finals. That's not enough to be, to be a contender. So um, it's sort of good on you. Done a great job. Uh, still building. In the, and if you're going to finish a roundabout, it's just going to be outside the eight. But you know what, good job. Come from nowhere, really, haven't they? It's they have. a big chance. So, the, But I really I admire the Cats. Matt, the Cats are going old, and they're going to experience, and they've got a real chance. They had nine guys last night over the age of 30. They did. So a soft tissue injury to Jeremy Cameron. The question for Geelong is going to be, will that, that backfire towards the back end of the season? If they pick up a few injuries, mm. if the better sides, like Brisbane and uh, Melbourne, the Western yeah. Bulldogs, if they can use their leg speed, is that where the Cats are going to be vulnerable? Well, maybe, maybe not. Um, you know, I, I, I just sit there and think, if, but, maybe. There's a lot of if, buts and maybes around the place, but you can only put them out there and you can let them run, and if they get injured, well, guess what? Get another spark plug and put it in. And that's how that's got to work. Um, do they have enough re- recruits or, or reserves in, in their, uh, in their uh, sort of seconds that, that can come in and help and fill in a, fill in a spot? Because They've got plenty of riches. I mean, gee whiz. I mean, Dangerfield ran around 37 possessions and no one went near him. <laughs> yep. uh, I mean, it's just, it's just... I don't think anyone went near Darth, Darcy Parrish nah, either. Between nah, the two of them, they nah. just gathered a lot of the footy. Yeah, that was what they did and just rolled around. But in the end, the Cats have got too much power up forward and too much power down back. I mean, Stewart's a star. He's a oh, super player. And, uh, and he sets that back line up nicely, you know, and he's the, he's the key. And then you go forward and Tommy Hawkins is their man, you know. So, to me, and then they've got Danger and they've got Selwood. They've got all those. And they, Duncan's out. So, gee whiz, he's got, he comes back and uh, makes them stronger again. I want to talk about the Gold Coast Suns. One of the, one of the great days of going to the footy in my life I watched the other night, Thursday night. A side who's under pressure. A side who's, who's been down and, and bashed it all over the place. They've been in the competition now. It's, what is it, 11 years? Yep. Okay, right on 11 years. Now, I don't know if you've actually been to a footy club that's built in 11 years. I haven't found one that's been up. We'll go back to the Brisbane Bears, okay? In 1987, they went up to Queensland as, the, as, a, as a side, who, uh, a side who, who wants to be in, in, the, uh, in the football competition, all right? They, have, they had a whole lot of issues they had no chewies in the locker. They didn't have a ground to play on. Uh, they, you know, and seriously, and that's and that's how it all sort of worked. Christopher Scase was there. Uh, you know, I mean, Paul, Paul Croner was the president. Uh, you know, and they started off with Peter Knights as a coach. 
Okay, I was assistant coach to him and all those sorts of things. So, look, to me it was interesting. We won seven games in the first year. We won eight in the second. Uh, someone, Paul Feltham, arrived. They didn't like Peter Knights after Paul Feltham arrived. And, and I don't know why, because Peter wasn't doing a bad job. He was doing okay. Seven and eight in the first year with no idea what you're doing and a bunch of recruits from... And we got everyone's uh, cast-offs and bits and pieces. I thought that was am- amazing. And then they went down. And then Feltham coached. And then Normie Dare coached. And then Robert Walls coached. And then John Northy coached. Roger Merrick coached. And not till 99, when they picked up Lee Matthews, you know why? And they picked him up. And, and then what they did was they waited for Lee Matthews, I'm sure, to, to get sick of playing at, coaching at Collingwood. And then Gubby Allen, and uh, Gubby Allen, to me, it, it picked him up and came along. And, and Scotty Clayton was their recruiting officer. Now, when you look at their recruits and their, and their, and their stuff that they got through the uh, draft from 91 onwards in the draft, it's special, absolutely special what they picked up. And their, and their teams that they picked to play in the finals. You know, Lepic, uh, you got Simon Black. All, they just kept building, building, yeah. building. Every draft they picked up something they needed, a, a midfielder. They picked up a defender. They picked up a forward. Um, Roger Merritt came in. They had, they had Roger Merritt was there for a while, but the other one was Lynch. Lynch yep. The other one, you know, when it went a powerhouse, you know, and then all of a sudden you're surrounding with Smalls. Akamanis comes in. Uh, your Vossi arrives. Uh, all of a sudden you've got a team. And the, the bill for me is, and if you watched it, and that's what I'm trying to talk about the Gold Coast. The Gold Coast started off um, and had, you know, Guy McKenna came in. He had a 27% win-loss ratio. And that's okay to start off at the time. And then all of a sudden you get Rodney Eade at 26. Uh, Stewie Jew's got 15. So that doesn't make any difference to me. What they have to do now is actually work on filling holes. What we saw last night, the other night, was really good. Loved it, enjoyed it. Uh, they played well. Um, they got a, they've got a forward with uh, with uh, Maca- um, Max King. Ben King. Ben, yeah, King, ben King. I got one of them. We got pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> so they got a great forward there with him, and he's going to be a, he's going to be a foot player for a long, long time. Uh, and 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 then they've got some defence. Collins is really good down there. Their midfield with the midfield has been just tremendous. What, Miller yeah, is he an all Australian in your eyes? I think he, he should be, but you know what? Definitely they might close. miss him. Yeah. They might miss him because you know what? He, he's on the Gold Coast, and to me, that's that's not what what they uh, what's going on in their their eyes. The players. So the players for me took Miller. You know, Ellis has been okay for him. Farini's okay. Lukosius was super that in defence. One of his best games. One of his best games. You know, young Bose is a good player. Uh, you know, they've got a lot of lot of uh, swallows handy. Ainsworth goes all right. He'd learn how to kick a bit better. One goal <laughs> four. But you know what? And their midfield had Richmond's midfield had no play in the game at all. Didn't actually go near it. Cochin had thirteen. Or something, 18 or something like that. That's not Cochin. Yeah, he didn't have the no, impact. He didn't have the have... impact. No impact at all. So they just dominated in that area. So what are you going to fix? You've got to fix some small forwards. Lukosius has got to get better. Yeah, Lukosius, not Lukosius. Um, Rankin, got to get better. Got to get fitter. Yes, got to get stronger. Yep. So little things like that. So now they've got a chance to actually build. Have they got the right coach, though? Is my call. Do, do, is Stewie Jew the one who's going to take them to a grand final? Or do they just build and then try and find someone at the last minute and, and put them in when you've got the players? Because every coach I've ever spoken to, you give me good players and I'll be a good coach. And that's where they sit at the moment. They're on that edge of are they going to go well or are they not going to go well? But they're 11 years into their build. It took them 14 years to win a premiership at uh, the Brisbane, Brisbane Bears or Brisbane Lions. 
and, and they, they had support from the they AFL and the, the back end of that. Incredible so, support. So much focus. Now, why haven't they had some support from them now? Well, they've had yeah, they've had plenty of support along the way. The, the question is, is they're going to need continual support? So mm. there's a lot of attention on on Stuart Jew and what the Gold Coast Suns stood for, especially off the back of uh, the week before's loss to North Melbourne. But you're making the comparison between mm. the Brisbane Bears and the Brisbane Lions that it's not something that's going to happen overnight. It it's been 11 happen. years. We're, we're looking at probably 14 to 15 years, and, and your argument is... It's not my the, argument. This get is the players right. Get the players right. And get the then, people around the club right, and then the coach yeah. will complement that. You've got to find the right one to fit that to suit the, suit the group. Uh, and to me, it's... it's uh, and also, to me, is the president the right one? You know, the president's been there some time. He's a, uh, he, was a, he was in the racing car business for a while. I don't know what he does for a job or whatever, but he's... He's an, he can be narky, I can tell you. Well, and he I don't gives know if comments, I don't know doesn't he? Yeah, when he they goes, win or when they lose. Yeah, he gives comments. But I'm, I'm, I'm not certain. Is he the right? Because I, I see presidents who I've been involved with, they want to build a club. They want to build a culture around this club. They want to build a culture of learning and, and, and improvement for, for youth and people who, who come into their club, who, who buy a membership ticket. So they want to be loved and, 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 and respected by their, by their president and all those sorts of things. And I'm not certain that that's happening. So to me, I sit there and I say, you've got to have all these pieces in a row before you can actually win one. And I know Evans can... Fo- he, know, he knows Mark that. Evans, Mark yeah, Evans, yeah, the CA, he that. does a good job. He's very good. But so to me, I think that there's a real, there's a real problem here with, uh, with those sorts of things. They've only had, um, you know, limited time. Kenner and Ede and, and Stewie Jews, they're only ones. And Dean Solomon coached three games so, and lost a lot of them. So that doesn't make any difference. They were good the other night. Stood up to the to the premiers of their last year, and 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 rolled them over. It should have won by six goals or seven goals. They missed so many shots. So I'm very proud of them. But where are they going to end? Where are they going to get to? Going to fall back into it again to another way of uh, you know that that lost 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 thing instead of hang on we're going to build on this. That's the key. That's what I want to talk about, and that's why I think that some people are so hard on. On, on the Gold Coast, because it's difficult. It's not even the footy area. Travis Old went up there to try to be a, a CEO. It didn't last long either. He didn't like it because it got too hard. And, and that's what I see anyway. So and, and so they had to change all that too. So it's it's an interesting time, this stuff, you know, and uh, be careful with the with the uh, the Suns because they got some talent. They just need some guidance and a, and a couple more key players. Yep. Mark McClure with his thoughts on the Gold Coast Suns. 0437774774 is the SMS number if you want to join the conversation. Uh, in a moment, we'll hear from Amy Burgoyne, the wife of Sean Burgoyne, who I had the chance to catch up with a little bit earlier. Her husband plays his milestone 400th game tonight. And what a champion of the game he's been, Sellers. When you look at the players who have been able to uh, achieve that feat, it is rare air when you think of the likes of... Uh, Boomer Harvey alongside yep. Michael Tark and Kevin Bartlett, Dustin Fletcher. They're players that rarely lose their, their speed or their ability to play multiple roles. So Michael Tucker, a midfielder, halfback. Boomer Harvey never lost his speed. Kevin Bartlett, hungry, of course. <laughs> Dustin he, Fletcher. He was more than hungry. A great you. one-on-one player and, yeah. and rarely got beaten even in the back end of his career. And Sean Bergwijn joins that club. And if you were to try and epitomise what's Sean's unique quality, what would you say it's been? Well, I remember watching his first first ever games down at uh, Port Adelaide. I've never seen a guy with so much talent, and, and not he's got talent, but but balance, more yeah. balance. And what you got to see is when you look at players, I look at them and go, "Oh, 
he's going to hold his feet. He doesn't fall over. He doesn't get knocked over. He gets to the right spots. And his speed to get out of a contest was just extraordinary. They're showing some things on the television right now. He was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And then he did his knee. And then he went to Hawthorne. They picked him up. Clarkson was smart enough because he was an assistant coach at that place at Port Adelaide for a while. And he picked him up and went, hmm, I'll have him. He's won another three. So he's, he's won, has he won four? I think it's four. He's won four. Yeah, it's yeah, four. Three one, Hawthorne, yeah. one at Port Adelaide. The one at Port Adelaide, he is, he was a, he's a star, mate. I'm telling so you. Two it, coaches, Mark it, Williams, <laughs> Alistair Clarkson. It's not a bad career. I love it. 20 years, there's not too many players who would have that lifespan and only play under two men. Yeah, but his speed is extraordinary. He's, he's skilled with the ball and, and, and he's a natural. Yeah. And yeah. a lovely bloke. Really nice man. Absolutely. You know? Really nice man and, and, and still playing. And, and, and I admire him. And I'm glad he enjoys it still uh, because most people can't walk after they get to 31 or 32 uh, in this game because it's hard. But he's just found a way. And if you look through those ones, KB, I mean, he's resilient, skinny, little thing that runs like hell. Burma Harvey, the same. Uh, Tucky, you know, same sort of stuff. You know, robust, not robust, but just slim and run. And Bergwijn's similar. And then you've got... You know, gee whiz. They, they, those four games, are, those guys are, are massive yeah. in this game, and they've and all modest, been stars. Obviously a modest individual as well. He's always all of them are, except for KB. <laughs> KB's got his own little take on things, and he'll uh, live and breathe with Richmond until they're, they're not a chance to make uh, the grand final. Uh, I had the chance to chat up uh, to chat with Amy Burgoyne, Sean Burgoyne's wife. Uh, she'll join us next on No Excuses. What matters to you? Justice. Family. Weather. The region. Safety. What affects you? Climate. Wilder. Extinction. Bushfire. Violence. Protest. Water. Over the road. What inspires you? Sport. Results. Rescue. Goals. Space. Future. Country. Laughter. Stories matter. Trust matters. What matters is you. And what matters to you matters to us. ABC News. On your TV, radio, iview or the ABC News app. No Excuses with Matt Clinch and Mark McClure on ABC Radio and ABC Sport Digital. Sean Burgoyne becomes the fifth player in VFL-AFL history to reach the 400-game milestone. It's such an iconic occasion on the AFL landscape. We know he's a modest man and probably doesn't prefer talking about himself, but his wife Amy can join us on ABC Sport and give us a bit of an insight into the man himself. Uh, Amy, welcome to Grandstander. How's the week been for you? So four kids, Percy, Lenny, Nixie and Kai. Has that been yep. enjoyable to sort of reflect upon his career, to go through some of the, the milestones and the great journey you've been on as a family? Oh, for sure. Because, you know, obviously we have, the kids have been along the journey pretty much majority of the time. So Kai, our eldest, he's, you know, he's going to be 15 in August. So, and in high school. So to have the kids, you know, know just how big of an occasion it is to celebrate with them, it's been awesome. 400 games, uh, 20 seasons in the AFL. What, what's been the key to his longevity, do you think? Look, he, he does everything right. You know, um, whatever the, the physios, the doctors tell him to do, Sean's always done, you know, 100%. There's never been a shortcut. And it's, I think, a massive achievement to himself just to have the de- dedication that he's had um, has definitely helped get him to where he is today. 
And how does that impact you as a family? And no doubt there'd be recovery and all sorts of stuff, which as a family, you'd have to kind of go alongside him and realise that sometimes he's just got to go away and make sure he gets his body right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, after a tough game, we actually, we all get in the car and we, we go to the footy club with him on the on the Sunday afternoon and the kids will get an ice bus um, with him and, and do some recovery in the pool and in the spa. So <laughs> we, we tend to do it all as a family, um, which, is, which is a lot of fun too. Uh, for our listeners, Amy, um, how did you and Sean meet? He obviously grew up in Port Lincoln before moving to South Australia into Adelaide. Yeah, well, we actually uh, we met at 13. Um, I was telling this story yesterday, actually. We had a first kiss at 13 at Albert and Oval, <laughs> of all places. Um, and then he moved back to Port Lincoln and we just kept in contact till the age of 15. We used to write letters to each other and, you know, back then you used to have to ring the house phone if you wanted to talk to, <laughs> talk to each other. Um, and then he, yeah, moved over at 15 and we went to the same high school and, yeah, been been together ever since year 10. And obviously so much of his career at the start of uh, his career at Port Adelaide, um, the decision to move to Melbourne, you played a part in that. How how challenging was that decision to make as a family as to whether you wanted to move to Melbourne? Yeah, oh, it, was, it was a big challenge. Um, you know, it was 2009. We just, we'd actually just bought a house, our forever home, and um, our eldest son, Kai, he was three and and we had just had Percy, so he was only three months old at the time. So, but, you know, I, I could see he just wasn't—he just wasn't, um, you know, quite not as happy as what he was coming home after training. I—I I knew he needed a change, and you know, the plan was to to come over to Melbourne just for three years. That'd take him to thirty, and you know, that's that's ancient in in footy terms. <laughs> um, and then we just <clears throat> we'd move back to Adelaide, and you know, the kids can start start school, but. You know, as it turns out, this is our twelfth year in in Melbourne, and what a what a ride it's been. And from a body point of view, there were questions at his arrival at Hawthorne as to how long his body would be able to hold up for. Was that sort of part of the the forward planning as to how long you thought you might be in Melbourne? Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, the the, Nido, the club were like, let's get you to three years. Um, but internally, like Sean and I never spoke. Like Sean never <clears throat> spoke to me about you know, how bad his knee was. We just treated it like any other injury. Um, he was just going to do the rehab, get it right and, and play. So he's, he's, he's done a pretty good job in, in looking after it to get him this far. Amy Berger and the wife of Sean Berger has joined us on ABC Sport. You, you come from a famous footy family, of course, with your, your dad, Greg, um, such a legend of the Port Adelaide Magpies. Your sister, Erin Phillips. Is there similarities you can see between the elite sports person? So of the 400 games of Sean's, how many have you seen? I've seen them all. If, I, if I've missed a game, I'm, I'm that, I'm that uh, wife that records the game and I'll, I'll watch it <laughs> when I get home. So no, I've seen them all. Are you, were you a nervous watcher at the start? Does that change over the years?
I'll be I'll be right this week. I can watch it this week. <laughs> <laughs> he finally he got there. And he was meant to uh, play his 400th game in Indigenous Round. Unfortunately, injuries uh, played a part in that, but he joins Brent Harvey, Michael Tuck, Kevin Bartlett and Dustin Fletcher. Uh, there's something ironic about the fact that it's against his old side in Port Adelaide. Oh, isn't it amazing how it turns out? Because, you know, having the what originally his game was going to be in, in Darwin, where Sean was born, Indigenous Round, I was like, how how magical that would have been. And then when, that, when he got injured, I was, I was really upset for him, but... It's funny how just things align and, wow, to be against Port Adelaide, his, his first team, it's just, it's incredible. Amy Burgoyne's with us on ABC Grandstand. Uh, four premierships. Uh, what are the memories of, of those days stick in your mind? Oh, so many different ones, I think, because you've got, uh, you know, obviously different players and then from a from a wives and girlfriends point of view, you, you've got memories with those girls. So they're also really special. And um, the first one, 2004, we didn't have any. We didn't have any children then. So, as the premierships have come, we've we've added on a child <laughs> with those <laughs> premierships. Um, but all of them are so very special. I, I couldn't choose one. And has he had any tears during the week? Is he the type of guy who's happy to reflect upon his career and, and chat about it for the various um, recordings you had to do for the club website, for the AFL, for TV? Yeah, he's well. He's been really busy this week. However, we've just come back from. Um, the footy club we watched a, a video tribute and the, and the kids were on there and I, I sort of glanced over to the side and he did have a few tears in his eyes so <laughs> we got him we, we definitely got him I think <laughs> Amy as always uh, we appreciate your time thanks for sharing a few memories with us and good luck with the match tonight no worries thank you so much thanks for having me Amy Burgoyne the wife of Sean Burgoyne ahead of his 400th game tonight against Port Adelaide which will be an interesting game Chad Wingard missing for the Hawks but um Port Adelaide's best has been good at home. Um, they've had some patches where they haven't quite been as strong as what they would want on the road. So an interesting game. Yeah, playing against his old side. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh, she sounds like a really nice girl and um, and dedicated to uh, watch every game. Gee whiz. Would your girl watch no. every game you play? No, no, no. Definitely not. Why? Better things to do, I think, would be her answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other match tonight, uh, we're obviously at the MCG. It's Melbourne and GWS. The twilight is Adelaide and the Brisbane Lions, so a chance for the Lions to move back to third spot on the AFL ladder with a better percentage than Geelong. Uh, Carlton and Fremantle tonight from the MCG. Uh, interesting game. Uh, the Dockers, we saw them against the Magpies. Um, they were pretty good. Yeah. Can they back it up two weeks in a row? Uh, I th- I think they're a really good side. They got a lot of speed, and that's what I liked about them the week before. I just thought that they outran them from half back and pushed through. And and, and Collingwood played too slow a game, to tell you the truth. Uh, that's my opinion. And uh, and I and, and look, they just they got you know Chera and uh, Mundy's still such a really big force in that team. Uh, you know, I mean Fife is is still there and he's still playing well. I and mean, they got a lot of stuff. I like what they do. Pierce. Down back's good. Ryan's a really good player, uh, so they've got a lot of a lot of players here, and um, and also, I think um, when they go up forward, they've got enough up there. They've got Schultz, and they've got uh, Walters, and they've got Collier, and they've got Lob, and they've got a few blokes who can score. Uh, and but when they charge through the middle, they're hard to stop. So, well, actually, we'll see because Carlton were okay last week. They played. Uh, one quarter with eight goals and the rest, and lost the rest of them, won the game. But uh, that, that's all you have to do. You've got to win. Uh, may give them some confidence. Uh, and I think that um, the way they're going, that the Conning's back into the into the ruck. And that's a yeah, good a big thing. Big battle against yeah. Sean Darcy there. Yeah, I love that. And I love that De Conning stood up and went, well, 
he's got to go go on his own, and uh, they they bring back Casbolt um, because he, they need him as a, as a as a reserve for the ruck. So, but I, I like that. I like that. And Paddy Dow was, was good last week. He really was good. good. Yeah. yeah. Kennedy was okay. I liked him as well. And and and, and they played some new guys. Let's have a look. Let's have a look at the kids. That's more the point. And throw them into spaces where they have to play. I'd put him on. I'd put uh, Paddy Dow on. on on Fife and say, okay, run with him. See how he goes. Because then you'll learn how fit you have to be. Because they're not going to win the premiership. They're not going to do that. They just need to build for another year to come. Um, so it'll be an interesting game. And, and, and it's difficult for Fremantle to travel. You know, like it's like the, like last year when everyone was up in Brisbane. All the other teams. Everyone somewhere Queensland, else. Yeah, yeah so, it's a, so it's an interesting game. And we'll see what happens. I'm not going to stay. I'll go home and watch it on TV. Okay, right. I can't. I can't sit here. You would have liked the Cowboys getting I? together for a few beers after a win last week, so trying no. to bring the team together away from the field. Well, I think that's a great idea. There's nothing wrong with having a glass of beer and, the, and having a laugh and a, a bit of truth serum never hurt anybody, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And I know that, exactly what you mean. Yeah, and I think it's, it, it, makes, it makes for uh, the fun. You're not, you've got to have fun in this business. I'm telling you, you can't play 400 games if you're not having fun, uh, and you can't do, you can't do, you can't play with a teammate who you don't have fun with and enjoy. We've had a bit of fun, haven't we? Melbourne yes, and we GWS have. coming up next. I got need to test you a bit more, I think. Okay, I welcome that <laughs> confrontation. We'll bring it on again next week. Melbourne and the Giants on ABC Sports. Stay with us as the footy unfolds this afternoon.